0: Today on our show, Nikki and Wrench drive a truck, Varga eats ice cream, and Winnie and Gloria give us all the feels. Hang on to your stussies, kids. We're talking about Fargo, Season 3, Episode 9, Aporia, with special guest, Olivia Sandoval. Stay tuned. You're
1: tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh. Oh, Oh, it's been a little while since we opened with the (laughs) bank. Real upper, this <laughs> thing. Yeah. We usually start off every show with an
0: upper like this. This is great. <laughs> nice, nice, and somber. We're going to pull it together. Thank you for joining us again for the ABTV Fargo after show. I am Lex Michael. I am all
1: over social media at The Lex Michael. And with me, as always, are. I'm Dave Child. You can find me at Mr. Dave Child or davechild.com.
2: Oh, so exciting. I'm Tara Erickson. You guys can find me on youtube.com backslash Tara Erickson and Twitter at TheTaraErickson Erickson.
1: And ooh, we got a special guest. Hey,
3: hey. Hi, hey, hey. hey. hey, hey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Olivia, introduce yourself.
3: I'm Olivia Sandoval. I play Winnie Lopez on Fargo. And uh, I'm not as cool on social media as you guys. I don't have all those things to just say. But just Sando here on Twitter, if I want to yeah. plug that. Is that something I yes. 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 Okay, so, okay. Yeah. Just Sando here on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very thank much. You. I'm learning. Yes. <laughs>
0: uh, Olivia, thank you. We are so excited that you are here. So happy to be here. We, uh, If you are watching in the chat, hello to everybody. Please follow along in the conversation. Chime yes. in as you will. If you are watching us later, join the conversation using the hashtag ABTVFargo on Twitter. We are available wherever podcasts can be found. But Go on to iTunes, like, subscribe, rate us five stars. You guys know I I do literally need those five star reviews to continue my survival. That's how he lives. We don't have a name for this condition yet, but as always, I do hope that they name it after me once we can box that in.
2: (laughs) Per the usual. Mm -hmm. So as
0: we always do, I want to start uh, right up top by getting everybody's general thoughts about this, the penultimate episode, which is pretty eventful. We got a bunch of Ooh, revelations. Some some really exciting, Ooh. emotional stuff. I may or may not have rolled a tear at
2: least once. Oh my god, I did.
0: So, alright. <laughs> let's open it up. General thoughts before we dive into the meat of the episode. Olivia, uh, I just want to know what you think. <laughs>
3: uh, well, okay, I, I mean to be perfectly frank, it's my favorite episode I think of the season. I mean, right. I haven't scene ten. I've been saving it. You know, I, I don't. I, I want it to be. I want to experience kind of it with the public. You know, yeah. um, but it is my favorite episode of the season. For it's just all of these amazing scenes of two people talking in a room. Yeah, and the way yeah. Keith directed it, it's like he made that look so. Beautiful, Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's so emotional. And as performers, it really did feel like a, a climactic moment. You know, we had been working with each other for three months at that point, And, you know, there were all these scenes where we got to say the things that we've been wanting to say for so long. And it was incredibly satisfying. I loved it. And I think that you, and especially in this episode, just knocks it out of the park. And Carrie yeah. is just incredible. I mean, she's incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's an incredible show. All the acting is really great
3: right. <laughs> thank, thank you me.
1: but it's, it's just amazing to see this cast that's just like powerhouses after powerhouse and everyone just really capturing something it's just why I love the show so much is because it has an emotional um, connection with every single episode That's really just heavy and deep.
0: Yes, I mean, talk about a murderer's row of talent. We've been talking multiple times on this show, week after week after week, about how every time it feels like the show cannot sustain one more powerhouse character (laughs) actor, suddenly here comes somebody else and the show flips again. And it's very cool to see because I feel like I I don't... You don't see cast this stacked on television that often.
3: I mean, you're telling me, I'm like, who knows I did no one knows who I am, and like (laughs) I, I, you know, and I walk on the set, and it's just like I keep having this feeling of being like, are you sure you meant this Olivia Sandoval? Because, you know, like, are you you want to check that email that you sent to make sure that I really, like, I really do get to do this. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, like, even like DJ Qualls coming in for like a badass roundhouse kick and and running around the woods. I mean, and he's such an incredible, and he's an amazing person, by the way. Just the coolest guy ever. I mean, so the fact that so many consummate actors are on the show for one episode, two episodes, the fact that I got to stick around as long as I did is just like, when are they gonna take it all away? <laughs> <laughs> when are they gonna figure me out? Yeah. How did
1: you how did you become a part of the Fargo universe?
3: Just old fashioned way. I auditioned. I right. mean, it, it really broke all the rules that I've... I mean, I've, I've, been, I've been working pavement for, like, five, six years, you know, just doing my job out there, audition, audition, get very used to rejection, and, it, you know, normally when I got close to booking things in the past, there would be this whole song and dance that went along with it, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's chemistry tests, and then you go producers meeting, and then there's callback after callback after callback, and in this case, it was like one audition, great audition... Six weeks went by, I didn't hear anything. I'd completely let it go. I just thought, wow, I'm so lucky I got to go in for that. Maybe Mm -hmm. they'll call me in for something else sometime. And then I got the call back, and then I got the call that I booked it. I didn't even meet Noah until several weeks into shooting.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. I mean, it was so,
3: it broke all the rules. I mean, lucky me. Yeah. That's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So, so okay, well, you guys them. No, it's okay. I was just going to talk about how, so this is the penultimate episode. Yes. We've got another episode on the way. Have you read the script to 10? Yes,
3: I do know what happens. I will okay. clarify. I do know. I, Carrie's joke that she always says is it does end. It is yeah, a finale. It does it end. Does end. Um, but I've been saving kind of the experience of watching it. Right. I want to save that for Wednesday at 10 o'clock. I guess <laughs> the, the
1: bittersweetness of this is that it is... A story that does come to an end at the end of the season.
3: Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's
1: next season is a whole nother story. Yeah. Have you brought up to Noah then maybe the story should revolve around Winnie. I'm
3: way too, uh, no, I'm way too sheepish to do that. But <laughs> yeah. I do But I do talk about it amongst the cats. I mean, you know, Carrie and I always had a joke that we're like, you know, we're like Starsky and Hutch, you know? We're yeah. like Rizzoli yeah. and Isles. One time she said, I think we're Turner and Hooch, but you're Tom Hanks. <laughs> so <that> was, uh. <laughs> which I appreciated. It's yeah. very flattering to be Tom Hanks. Um, yeah. It's a good-looking dog, you know? I mean, uh-huh. it is. It's a, but, um, no, I mean, listen, if, if there was any way to continue this world, I would just feel so insanely lucky. But I'm incredibly happy and grateful to have the experience that I did. I feel like I can uh, die happy. Is that dramatic? Yeah, no, it's good. No, it's not. But it is kind of how it feels. It really is.
2: I feel you, girl. Well, I hope that's
1: in a a very distant future. Oh,
3: yes, yes. (laughs) It's
1: good to know that, you know, you'll feel happy when it happens. (laughs)
3: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) When you... (laughs) This (laughs) took a turn.
1: Your intro to the... Before we move on to this episode, I just want to talk about a little bit about the previous episodes, because your intro... Into the show is really kind of fun and dynamic, and it feels like you come in as the complete opposite of Gloria. Yeah. So it has, I just want to know your thoughts about like what, how you got introduced to the show, how your character got introduced. By in the bathroom, for instance, <laughs> yeah, and uh, just how how you, what tr- sort of energy you tried to add to the cast.
3: Well, I think that Winnie is uh, absolutely unapologetically optimistic, which is a really important aspect of her character and a really interesting. A device to be against Gloria's personality who's, you know, she's fed up. She's gone through a bunch of stuff. She's gone through a divorce. She's a single parent now, essentially. You know, she's overlooked and underappreciated and she's being demoted. She's being displaced and, you know, she feels invisible. And then, you know, literally with a bang, just kind of like kicking the door open, you know, this like wave of positive energy comes in, which you know, even if it immediately doesn't affect or change her, it pushes her on this path and then they ultimately go on that path together of this sort of righteous, relentless pursuit of truth. Because you can't be on that pursuit with nothing but kind of heaviness, you know? Right. So Winnie comes in and just sort of lightens it up in a way that they can actually get get some work done, you know, yeah. they can get to people. So it was very exciting to do that, and Carrie's just amazing to play with.
0: It yeah. has been really cool to see so far how your characters have complemented each other so well, both professionally and personally, Yeah. which, which I mean, it pays off in such a beautiful way in episode nine. And I do, I want to I jump in. I'm so eager to jump into episode nine and talk about it. But right up top, we talk about the what the titles mean to right. all of these episodes. Episodes. So I looked this one up. I don't Dave, I don't know if you did as well. I did too. So so the definition of Aporia, it, and it feels like right perfectly on the nose for this particular show, it mm-hmm. is an irresolvable internal contradiction or logical disjunction in a text, argument, or theory. Yeah. So.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh man, no one knows mm-hmm. how to write. <laughs> it's really good.
1: Yeah, it's it's just the question of always. Uh, the, always having that contradict and the, the the way the narrative is and it never having a firm distinction seems to be a big theme of the Fargo, of this, of this season of Fargo. And I feel like this, this episode really showed it itself, the narrative that Varga kind of starts to spin and how Sheriff Moe who's the worst Damn i think he's the real villain of the just whole just so ready to yeah. be done oh, and he how he just falls into it but also where gloria is and and how she sees herself is a contradiction in a lot of ways yeah we've so, been talking about that all season yeah and how she's someone who you're kind of the winnie's the kind of the complete opposite sorry if i refer to you as your please character. i love it mm,
3: it's great but, okay
1: cuz winnie's the complete opposite seems to be very knows who she is, mm-hmm. and very uh, very loud and very mm-hmm. present, while Gloria is almost invisible because she doesn't quite know where she is. She's in between worlds. And now we're seeing her define herself in these last couple of episodes, and I feel like that plays... I'm jumping way ahead to your to the big scene that I think we're all thinking of. Yes. Because you kind of give her... Uh, you kind of solidify her <laughs> into the world, which is kind of was emotionally, but also kind of physically, because yeah, yeah, no,
3: absolutely. And I think that the a big part of Gloria's character is that you know she's she's a little closed off and she's afraid of you know being touched, both by you know someone emotionally and just physically. So that right. hug is really just like, hey, you exist, yes. you exist, yeah. and I care about you, and you know. I mean, how many times have we tried, you know, we've been in a situation with a friend who's in a crisis, and we try and talk them into feeling better, and it doesn't do nearly as much as a moment of um, true intimacy. Right. You yeah. know, so it's like, and, and, and people are sort of afraid of Gloria in a way, I think, you know, they're a little bit, I mean, like, Damick's obviously not afraid of Gloria, but he in a way that's not Nurturing to her, mm-hmm. um, but you know her son's a little distant, and then she just had this horrible tragedy. With I mean, she's, I, it, you know, having she needs someone to come in and connect with her and to remind her of her value.
0: Yeah, and just see her and
3: see her. Yeah, simple yeah. as that.
0: Well, and this the scene was absolutely beautiful. And when you you poke her in the yeah. arm and then you you fully embrace her, and it is so clear what this moment means. And I'm watching the scene and I'm going. Oh and then you see her go into the bathroom and I think in a season where all season long we've been dealing with these uh this concept of stories versus reality versus differing versions of reality versus what we internalize and how that affects what we perceive reality to be mm-hmm. it You really did. You hugged existence into her, and she internalized it in such a way that it literally made it real. And then I was going, all right, I just, oh, just a mess. (laughs) Love made her
3: real. Love
2: made her real. Because we thought her invisibility would, like, be a pro for her and, Uh like, get her somewhere, but Uh really it was your hug that brought her into existence that is now going to bring her into the season finale, which I thought it was her staying invisible but now since episode 9 where it's like oh she realizes she exists and that smile at the end in the mirror I I was crying like literally I was bawling and was like Uh, I I know uh, that that
3: smile in the mirror is such a beautiful moment and and it's just she nails it so much I cried I totally cried and I'm in the scene is is that weird to cry (laughs) but no I mean Carrie's performance is extraordinary um I yeah, you know and i I think that um th- this has been a dark season, right, right. it's been very a dark so. season mm-hmm. I. I'd, I'd go as far to say darker than the other seasons I mean not nearly as high of a body count, but very bleak feels very
0: somber su- subject yeah. matter yeah. so to
3: have this scene coming in that kind of reminds you that there is goodness and it is worth fighting for the goodness in the world was really. Beautiful. And you yeah. know, interesting thing about that scene is that it wasn't in the original script, uh, the first draft that we got. Oh. So they wrote it um, after Carrie and I had been working together for a while. And I don't know why they wrote it, but it did feel like they were observing this friendship that was building between Gloria and Winnie was was, yeah. was becoming, right. you know, and, and also Carrie and I just have a lot of I'm, great chemistry. She's just, we immediately clicked when we started working mm-hmm. with each other. And so all of a sudden we had got a new draft and there was this new scene and Carrie immediately texted me, did you see our scene? And I think I said to her, I said, okay, I'm officially not afraid of being fired. <laughs> I think I'm going to make it to the end of this. Yeah. yeah,
1: which I was glad to see because I was actually a little afraid for your character's life at at a few points. I hear
3: you, dude. I, as soon as I, you know, because we were all, like, on the edge of our seat waiting for scripts to come in. Right. Because they came in very, you know, it was very all happening at the same time. So we were just fans, the actors, waiting. Did you see eight? Did you see nine, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I, as soon as I, you know, read Winnie, and she's so likable, I went, ooh. Ooh. Yeah, we've been talking again all season,
0: or certainly since your introduction, about in a season that is this somber, Winnie seems almost too pure and good and bright for this world. And so every episode, we're going, like, something's going to happen. or that? in it.
3: Yeah, I, I, yeah. The same thing. When I got all the scripts, I was like, am I dead? Oh, no. Good. Yeah. OK. Yeah. <laughs>
1: also, also, it's because Gloria is, like, invisible. So she's able to kind of sneak around Varga. Mm-hmm. But you're very much not invisible. <laughs> just like... You're just like, hi. Uh, and so I thought that kind of made you doomed because you became, like, a, Well,
3: we've got one more episode. So no oh, spoilers. Uh-oh. Yeah. OK. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. Yeah. Yeah. To, anything, yeah. anything can happen in Fargo. That is something I learned.
1: I do have to tell you, by the way, I was delighted to see, because I go to the Fargo Reddit group before each one of these shows just to kind of research and see what other people were thinking. And they changed the name of the group. It used to be called just Fargo FX, and then it got changed to I Can Help, after after the little robot. Uh, but this week it got changed again. So the title of the current Reddit Fargo group is Thank God for KY. No. way!
2: Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> Are you lying, Boo Bobo. Go to
1: go to Reddit and look up Fargo and it's called Thank That's God for KY. I'm so proud. Of which I was like, Oh yeah. And it was such a great moment. It was such a great line, and also that whole like I was glad to see you kind of bring that back because that's how we met. you. Yes, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah exactly. She gets some good comedic Winnie moments, where, uh-huh. you know because they're on the hunt for a while, and obviously that takes priority. So yeah, it was super fun. There was one line that it was in a scene that ended up getting cut out that I that I really liked that I'll, I'll say now just because it's fun to say it. It as yeah. well. I'm gonna go home and see if Jerry's got his semen count up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that was it. A, that was a good one.
1: That's great. Cone? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's cone shaped. A semen right.
3: uh, count.
1: Count. Count.
0: Okay.
3: Count.
1: Count. Not count. Not semen
0: count. cone. No. Oh, oh
3: my goodness, Mr. Dave Child. <laughs>
0: Can't look at that semen cone one more time.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh wow! What are we talking about? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so okay. Nobody ever knows. All
0: right. Okay, so, so let's let's climb up to the top of this yep, episode again, yeah, and let's yeah. let's work our way through it because we have so many beautifully executed sequences, some wonderful right. performance moments, and in a season that has been very somber, we actually get a couple of genuine fist pump moments this episode. Yeah. And I want to make sure that we
1: get to all of it. So we open with a couple of additional stussy murders. Yeah, I oh, do have, have to say, opening up on sprinklers. In the in winter on on ice on like uh, a, a porch that is already a lawn that is already covered in snow and then you see the sprinklers and then the guy picks it up and doesn't even turn off the sprinklers or anything he's just like nah it's just life yeah uh, that showed I thought that was very. Midwestern, but in that kind of way that they're kind of like, eh, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not going to put in the effort to actually turn off the sprinklers and actually make it work. It was just a nice little moment to start off with. And then with the Marvin Stussy murder, that also made sure we establish it's still 2011. Yes. This wasn't a flashback or anything. And uh, with the glass in the neck... I just immediately knew that it was like, oh, oh he's mm-hmm. building a narrative. Yes, yep. he's building that narrative. He's making that serial killer narrative kind of happen. And we also get that beautiful shot of the blood
0: mixing in with the milk. The And milk. Like the very yeah. first thing that I thought of was Yuri talking about the blood in the
1: snow.
3: Yeah. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. That's genius. Th- That's yeah. really
1: good. Oh.
3: Uh, uh, I didn't, I didn't mean, think of that.
1: Yeah, it's no holly really, <laughs> but, but yes.
0: yeah, that's that's the first thing I thought of. And then of course we get the other murder which is meant to emulate the murder of Ennis where we've mm-hmm, got yeah. the mouth and the nose glued shut. And as even, well Oh
1: god, that murder, can we talk about Moe, Sheriff Moe and that in when he enters in and we immediately see Donnie being a good boy. Yes. And he puts on his booties, like uh-huh. a good cop should. <laughs> and then the first thing Sheriff Moe does is like see the booties, doesn't care, walks in. I'm like,
2: oh. Uh, he's the worst. Oh, he, he is, is the worst. Also, I mean, like when he says like this guy must really hate Stussy <laughs> yes. I was like, You are such an uh, idiot. Yeah.
1: And don't try to make it now he's making it about uh, him.
0: Of course. Like, he thinks I he like won
2: everything. He's such a jerk. Uh, I hate him so much.
0: But so we've got these murders that are meant to represent or emulate the murders that we've seen previously, and of course Varga and his people have gone so far as to set up a patsy who confesses to everything. And yeah, like we're saying, like Mo is completely ready to just wash his hands of the whole thing. We're done. It's over. Yeah. Case closed. Right?
1: right? No. Right? No. Right? But before that, we have Emmett, who came in and uh, admitted to the wrongdoing, has this Beautiful scene. The scene is
3: so yes. gorgeous.
1: It's also great to see the the way they shot it where there's infinite mirrors on either side of him. So you saw his doubles and Gloria's doubles, but you saw his doubles as he's talking about the murder of his basically twin brother. Yes. Um
3: just broke my heart, his performance in that scene. Yeah. Just uh, he broke was great. my Heart. Yes, and yeah. he, he
1: talks
0: about how he didn't necessarily trick his brother, but essentially knowingly manipulated his brother into yeah. trading the car for the stamps. Right, and they talk. He talks about uh, essentially we get to the, we get to the point in the scene where he's got that line about how he's been killing his brother for thirty, 30, years. 30, years, 30 years, and he just yeah. finally dropped that. By the way, was the first moment where I went, oh, this, this is I'm
1: going to cry. This episode yeah. this is going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. This is and there's also great moments in that one scene in the writing and the way it's shot where. They talk about uh, he talks about his dad's death. Yes. in a way where it blends so much into where he's still talking about. Are you talking about your brother? Well, or he your says dad? I killed him, and Gloria has that moment of, "Do you mean your father? Do you mean your dad?" It was like, no, my brother. But it's not, he was definitely admitting to that he feels guilty all the way back to his dad.
3: Yeah, we see this kind mm-hmm. of Shakespearean story, the origin of it, you know, in this yeah. these years of this, this sibling rivalry that is so rooted in grief, you know. It's just an amazing, an amazing scene in the writing. and that It's just exquisite. And, and, the, and, the, and so lonely, such solitude. So in And that lonely. even though you see their doubles, it's just like they feel like, it's like you're watching the only two people in the, on the planet.
1: Right.
0: Yes. right. Yeah. And watching Emmett try and grapple with what he's done, and of course realizing, too, at the same time he's dealing with his own guilt, his inner turmoil, he knows, too, he has to warn Gloria specifically, if anybody comes to this precinct, they say they're my representation, anybody, do not let them Don't believe near them. me. Yeah.
2: And also his line, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, Varga. No,
0: that's Varga. And also, was that intentionally a usual suspects reference?
3: It, but, well, there was. Oh, it's a quote. It, it was written, and I don't. And now I'm, I'm, I set myself up, and I have no idea who the quote is I don't, from. But I don't it's like from history. Mm-hmm. It's a history. It's quote. It's a history. You, quote. The only place
0: I I've, honestly ah. I think I've ever heard that is his usual suspects, Kevin Spacey in *Usual Suspects*.
3: I, I
1: mean, it's one of those that you always say. I think that's. It's like what grandmas say. It's
2: well. It's also the same thing. He also had another one like a lie is not a lie if you believe it's true. Yes, and right. that's also another that's not like history him. Quotes. Yeah, it's history quotes brought to you by Fargo. <laughs> go.
3: <laughs> when you forget where it's uh, from. Yeah. Noah reads books is my point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hashtag yeah. Noah reads books. Yeah. He's a smart boy. But that line too, that, that question of is this something that you can believe? Like, is is a lie really a lie if you yourself believe it? And I right. think, of course, right. we've been following that thematic thread all season long about yeah. the stories we tell ourselves and how, again, that does dictate what our preferred version of reality is.
3: Right. This yeah. is a true story. It's yes. the it's the it's the theme of the whole dang show, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, Synthesized, but yeah. the true story
1: uh, <laughs> fading away to just it's a story. story. Yeah. So yeah. that's why, just to jump ahead a little bit, that's why I loved when Gloria was like, "I don't feel like I'm real." I'm like, no, you're not really. You're a fictional character in a in a story. And that was, it became like, I had like a brain opening up <laughs> seeing the Matrix lines <laughs> moment after she said that. Um, but also we get in that scene back with Emmett when uh, Gloria brings up Varga and just like, oh, do you yeah. want to admit about Varga? And, and just that won't. horrific, the teeth over his like, and when he thinks to Varga, all he can see are those teeth I gnashing. Oh, yes, uh, but...
3: uh,
1: the wolf! Uh, gross. The wolf just chewing him up because that's another thing we've been talking about the 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 Peter and the, the, Wolf, Peter and the Wolf story has been very important to us. Yeah. That every single episode we're like this means this this means this. Yeah. But this is playing a little this whole episode kind of played against that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which in, was in good sense. to see cuz I thought it was going to be I thought the Peter and the Wolf story was laying out the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be Gloria taking Emmett and in using Emmett, like uh, Peter uses the bird in the Peter and Wolf story to draw out the wolf and then eventually kill the wolf. And it doesn't, that could end up happening next episode. And don't tell us if it does, but it <laughs> could end up happening. But right now it seems to be playing against that theory where it's like, oh, maybe they're twisting it up because right now the cat is a lot more involved than she is in the Peter and the Wolf story. So to your point,
0: we have this little scene where Varga sends Mimo essentially mm-hmm. to what a, I assumed we were building into like a, an Assault on Precinct 13 type <laughs> type sequence. Right. But in fact, the truck doesn't get all that far before Nikki and Wrench take the thing using a paperweight. Right. Which is about the dang coolest thing so I think awesome. maybe so I've ever cool. seen. so cool.
3: Nikki <laughs> Swango is the coolest Character sure I've yeah. ever heard of, yeah. And Mary is so bad ass as this. Ca- it's like she was born to play this part. Yes, yeah. Yeah. the swango, the swango.
1: The swango. In this swango. episode, I feel like she's become the swango. The
3: swango, yeah, yeah no, like hundred percent is- swang.
1: Yeah, full <laughs> <laughs> totally. on swang.
2: Swang yeah.
3: it to the left, hey hey.
0: <laughs> so they they jack the truck. They drive it to what looks like a scrapyard, and they go through Varga's office slash sometimes house and they retrieve all of this this, these documents these files the uh, flash drive and Nikki calls him and the tables have completely flipped now because Mm -hmm. now we're in a position where we can actually we can actually blackmail the master manipulator yeah And watching, again, like like you say, full swang, like watching Nikki fully step <laughs> yeah, into it. Really swang it <laughs> Swanging so dang hard left and right all day, uh, day is is incredibly cool mm-hmm. to see. Because all season long, everybody has been completely powerless in front of VM Varga.
1: Yeah. It's also nice because uh, we've, Wrench has been the only character Who's been in every three all three seasons? That's true. Yes. And we we always saw Wrench with numbers, but numbers died in the very first season. And even though in the second season we see them as kids, they're always like a duo, and you always felt like he really lost his second half. And now he's got a new numbers. Mm-hmm. It's the swango. Well, and every season
0: two and every iteration of Fargo, the movie included, there's been a team of, they're not always hitmen necessarily, but a team of criminals, some some very interesting character type right. criminals mm-hmm. that we track. And I think it's great that just as one duo this season is broken up, we don't know where Yuri is still. Yeah. Right. Now suddenly Wrench has a new buddy, and we've got another criminal duo that we can track.
1: Kind of like you need that magical pair in order to. And also the duo of Emmett and Si was broken up as well. Yeah. yeah, And it seemed like the only duos that are left are are Nikki and Wrench and mm-hmm. also Gloria and Winnie. And Winnie. Yep. So, way to stick around.
3: I know, right? Okay. And it's so interesting, too, because there's so many uh, bad guys. You can't keep you know, but you've got bad guys that you root for and bad guys that you even if you, you may not root for them, but you're still intrigued by them. And yeah. that's what I like. You've got Nikki and Wrench are kind of like the bad guys, good guys. Yeah. And then you've got the bad guys, bad guys, that are also right. good guys. Right. There's something kind of very boyish and good about Mimo, even though he's a horribly violent person. I know, you kind right? of like him, and he's like stabbing people. Well, it he's a sense. walking iPod ad. I know. I know.
2: <laughs> and this episode, he actually lines. Like he has not spoken in like all most of all the episode. He said one word, and I when he started talking, I was like, Mimo speaks. He speaks. Yeah. Because yeah. he had like a good three lines, and I was like, Yeah, Mimo, right. get it, do some talking.
1: Yeah. I like when he dances. Well, you get that kind of not to go too D and D with this, but you have you also have the chaotic good, the chaotic neutral, yeah. the uh, what are they? The like I, I don't know the <laughs> I just know chaotic don't good, chaotic chaotic neutral, and then there's the. Um, not chaotic, good, and the not chaotic, neutral. It's like law- lawful. I think it lawful, is lawful. I think it's like lawful, neutral, chaotic. I think. Yeah, someone's mm-hmm. gonna correct. It. And you get you get all shades of that in in the Fargo cast because mm-hmm. I would you would say maybe Nikki and Renter the chaotic good, or maybe chaotic neutral. They might be neutral. Because they're kind of on both sides. Anyways,
3: he's I don't deep. know enough about that, <laughs> Mr. To write Dave a thesis
1: About it, so let's move on.
0: That was very <laughs> impressive.
3: I didn't understand a word, but that was very impressive. Cool, cool, cool. Nobody ever
1: does. <laughs> he's great like that. So cool. we
0: get a <laughs> we get a scene where Nikki sets up a time and place to meet with VM Varga, mm-hmm. and right. the two of them meet in this this lobby, and they they this man the scene. Okay, so. We're going to get money. We're going to get $2 million from VM Varga. Yeah. Or we're going to, we've got all this information on you. We're going to turn it over to the proper authorities. Yeah. And Varga has thought, thinks he's thought 12 steps ahead of his opponents. And he's, he's dressed perfectly to match everybody in the lobby. Mm-hmm. He's got Mimo positioned with a rifle. He's got two plans. His first plan is I'm going to maybe try and poison you with this tea like I did Sai. And yeah. when she doesn't go for it very smartly, I'm going to offer you a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this whole scene was incredibly, incredibly tense. But I almost, in a way, for the very first time, and I never thought this would be possible, almost felt a little pity for A little for bit bad for him, I right? Isn't that interesting?
3: Yes, it's so interesting how that happens. And I love the way that uh, Nikki Swango is really function. She's she's benefiting so much from how much people underestimate her not not dissimilar to to Gloria and Winnie you know like they get to kind of fly under the radar because people don't take them seriously and like here's this criminal mastermind we've come to learn and he's being outsmarted by this foxy lady yeah hey
1: hey well one thing that's great about I think David Thewlis is—he's—he just seems vulnerable, even though he's the most—even
2: though he's just evil, man. Yeah, but at the yeah. same
1: time, his vulnerable, because you know that he's hurting himself. Yeah, right. the whole thing, because the bulimia—he's—he
3: has a disease. I mean, he's suffering. He's not a happy man. I no.
0: When we see him a, alone in that bathroom, oh stall, my god, pounding Rocky Road—that was
3: incredible. Oh my and god, so, so relatable. I mean, for it me, was hilarious. I mean like, we've all <laughs> I was been like, there. Like, yes, you right. Know? We've all been he's on like, toilets he's eating Rocky Road because he's been kind of like an alien or like a, an, yeah. a, someone from another planet and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is a human being. Yeah. he's a human being. <laughs> he's going right, through right.
2: it. My favorite part of that scene though was when Nikki was like, I want to look you in the face and rip out something you love. I was like, yes, rip his face
0: off. And then Varga tells her, oh, but it's not, I didn't kill Ray. Right. That was Emmett. And that's mm-hmm. interesting because that seems like something that maybe Nikki had not necessarily considered.
2: Consider, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Previously. Well-
1: I I feel like she considered it because she immediately responded like, yeah, but you were the one that flipped the bus. You were the one that did this. You were the one that did this. You are instrumental in everything that's been going badly. And I think she already did her revenge on Ray. Do we think that she was the reason that the stamps were there and the car was there in the previous episode? Or do we still think that was... Do we, do we think that was Varga?
2: Oh, like sending him more into psycho Yeah, psycho
1: was driving him insane oh, yeah. I feel like you know she knows I,
3: but, don't, but I don't know if I know because I, I'm not inside the genius mind of Noah Hawley but I have a strong opinion. Okay. okay. I, have a, I, have a strong, I think it's Nikki. Yeah, I think it's Nikki, I think it's Nikki too it's Nikki. Yeah.
1: That's what I thought as well because I think that it's she showed that she's uh, sees the strategy side of the bridge partnership, yeah, for one, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that Varga and Nikki scene was it was kind of the chess player versus the bridge player, and the bridge player yes. kind of ends up winning. Yeah,
3: and there's also something interesting that's happened with Swango, where after they have that amazing scene in the bowling alley, which mm-hmm. is sort of you know purgatory, the afterlife, hell, yeah. take your pick. You know, exactly. she gets she goes to that place and then gets to leave, and I think she leaves changed somehow. Mm-hmm. And so she leaves... You know, wielding this power, you know, to do kind of semi-impossible things like change all of someone's pictures in their office overnight or put a mustache on their face while they're sleeping. I think she's almost touched the supernatural. Yes, This yeah. is this is a me being a fan opinion. I, I think that yeah.
1: might be true.
0: I no? love that opinion. Yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. I think there's something to that, and I definitely think that this week, just watching how crazy, especially when partnered with Wrench, how crazily efficient they take care of business. Yeah. I think before these last two episodes, if you had showed me the same scenario with the frames, I would have said,
2: I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure. Sure. But
0: now, I can absolutely buy that.
2: And especially because she said, I already got a job blackmailing you. Yes. I was like, dang, girl, you're real good at that blackmail. Like I Now I'm like, it might have been on, on Emmett as well. well and goes. again, she is able to see steps
0: ahead of even Varga. They yeah. knew where Mimo would likely be positioned mm-hmm. with a rifle. Mm-hmm. And they had Wrench up there ready to force him to stand down, which they do. And then, of course, that shot when they leave together. She says she's going to give Varga 24 hours. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. shot of the two of them walking out together is just so dang cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. And yeah. that song is good. I shazammed it. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> yeah, I'll write it was, in the chat I think later. I found it, too. It so good.
1: I think I actually had I'm, it up here. I'm oh, like, it's Youngbloods. Yeah. Here it is, actually. When, it when it I
2: leave here, I'm blasting that out of uh, my uh, Brooklyn by the Youngblood <laughs> Brass So Brass good. Brass Band. There you go. It's so good. So good.
0: So, So, back Mm. at the police station, someone does show up in reference to Emmett, but it is not who anyone was expecting. It's uh, Mary McDonald again, Mm -hmm. returning as the Widow Goldfarb. Yeah. Who seems uh, a little confused, maybe, about what time Emmett actually showed up at the restaurant.
1: Right. Right. I can't. I just believe she's in on it now. I like, think so,
2: too. I also think that's where the Aporia comes in, because she says when it rains, it pours, and Gloria is says, well, sometimes it drizzles. And, yeah. like, a penny saved is a penny earned. That's like Aporia. Yeah. Right? That's, like, the the contradiction of, like, you can't really prove all that stuff. Like, it's it's a living... Right. And also like a,
1: the way that she says, like, it's a saying, which is right. funny, because that's it's what so, we've been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is <laughs> just, just like, you can't just say it's a saying. and it, And also, like... It has a penny yarn, uh that when it rains it drizzles and compared to when it rains it pours, compared to a penny saved a penny it's or, they
2: not, have nothing to do with each I know, other. not yeah. at all. Yeah. But it's I not, they're not the saying the same thing. I have a feeling she <laughs> might be at like the top.
1: Do You think she's like, with I feel Marga?
2: like it could be Something weird where, where Varga is always a steps ahead and she may be a player on the outside with him.
1: Yeah, we do I'm have not, people I'm, in the chat. I'm not positive,
2: with you, but I really I haven't even looked at the chat, you guys. I am on your side. <laughs> um I I do kind of think that. I sense that. And I'm like her vibe when she was leaving, I'm like, she might be a, a top dog because there was some line that, that was referred to her, uh, I'm, I i do not remember it right now, but that just made me think Yeah, you might be at the top, above. Everybody has a boss, and I feel like she may be running the whole show.
1: Right.
0: I feel like maybe the most innocent explanation for her behavior, too, as to why she would try and stick to uh, giving Emmett an an alibi, despite his confession, is that she doesn't want to do anything that might jeopardize the smooth transition
1: of his company to her.
0: She's a fierce
3: businesswoman. Yes. With nothing else. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Melody uh, Stokell, sorry if I'm saying her name wrong, is so with this. She's just going, yep, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> every
2: single thing. It's great. Um, um, and she also, Goldfarb also said, sometimes the mind plays tricks. And yes. she's like, that's another saying. And I'm like, dude, you with your sayings. but It is a
0: little bit. It's very Varga-y. She's
2: laying it on thick, right? I'm like, yeah, it's it's a Varga thing to do, I feel like.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just had this thought, and it's really Go, kind of out of nowhere. But because I was thinking of, I was thinking of the blood uh, with the snow. Yes, and how that seems to be a running thing. And one of the questions we've been getting is like, "Hey, what's with the menstruation like line that keeps happening?"
2: Oh, right. Yeah.
1: And I'm, I just had a thought. It might be in a in a way it could be this land is established by blood in the land and in the snow, it's just the blood of women. It's just the blood of menstruation. You know, it's kinda it could be the life giving the life giving blood rather than the blood of chaos and war. There's another side of blood, too, which is almost like a life-giving blood. I think that's
3: very astute of you. I haven't thought of of that, but I think that's quite astute. I'm I'm, I'm I'm picturing your TED talk now. you finally become (laughs) a Date child, it's
0: just the blood of menstruation.
3: (laughs) Please see my menstruation talk. Oh, God, I'm making a (laughs) t-shirt.
1: I get to teach.
2: I'd watch that, (laughs) you know? It's the the blood of women.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And also, what well, what and the reason why I may be thinking about that because if it does turn out to be the Widow Goldfarb, which I just love saying the Widow Goldfarb yeah. so much, being kind of either the the boss behind Varga, yeah, it would almost strengthen that that side where there is also like the, the women. are, I'm watching a lot of Kimmy Schmidt now, so yeah, they're, yeah, un- yeah. they're unbreakable. They're strong as hell. So. Um, <laughs> It could it could be that side. Or that could be an and a twist that kind of happens in the next uh, episode. So tune uh, in. We'll
0: uh, yeah, and even, and even if that doesn't turn out to be the case, again, the most innocent explanation still involves her being totally cool with murder as long as she gets this company.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I do. Totally. Uh, I do want to mention uh, Varga's line when Emmett comes back out and sits in the Yes, Yes, because I think Uh, that really gets mm -hmm. to the heart of what maybe every
0: iteration of Fargo has been about. But so, okay, we've got our Patsy who's confessing to these murders. Mm -hmm. Mo is totally cool with it. Uh, He's got the double alibi. So even with Emmett's confession, Gloria has no choice but to turn him loose. And of course... It, and my stomach dropped out when they walk out of that police station and it's Mimo waiting for him outside that,
2: the car
3: smile oh, man like smirk. burn oh no it's just and that and that kind of like you know dead man walking thing he does to the car and and getting doesn't back look oh. At him. oh man and then and the and the way that I mean I mean it, it's it goes without saying that David is just an insanely tremendously gifted brilliant genius actor and yeah. I can watch him do anything anytime anywhere yeah and particular the way that he delivers that line the way it kind of hangs at the end you know he ends it and he kind of is like Meh. yes And then, yeah. then he does, it's just like you're like it's so unsettling yeah. Yeah. it's so unsettling the
0: line of course being the problem is not that there is evil in the world the problem is that
1: there is good because otherwise
0: who would care
3: because it
1: ends in this question this rhetoric question but because hmm. it ends in this question it doesn't look like he's proud of that fact It looks like he's just he's cursed by it as much as we are. It's like
3: this is the way this is the way of the world. It's not I didn't make the rules, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It
1: goes back to his inescapable reality that he was so fond of referring to. Yeah, and it also makes him kind of not lovable but vulnerable and you're able to kind of find that because like, he feels like hey, doesn't it suck that I have to do this well yeah
3: and it goes back to the when you know one of the first encounters that he has with Emin where he's like you're trapped you know that whole thing yeah. and I, you wonder well, who trapped Vargo how did he get here you know he talks about his childhood like I think there's one line where he talks about his childhood about right. being in the servants quarters or something to that effect you mm-hmm. know and you just I mean boy would I love to see a you know backstory on that character oh man yeah.
1: rough Oof. yeah we even see like the backstory of Yuri a little bit but not yeah, right, we, really, yeah we get
3: we get more about him than we do about Varga yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which yeah. is interesting yeah.
1: considering he's now uh, stuck in purgatory we're not sure where he is and could he come back in next episode we're not too sure well, yeah. and we also see, too, the,
0: very, the note we end the episode on is uh, apparently he didn't pay up in time because they, they, Nikki and Wrench, handed over these documents and a flash drive to our uh, returning IRS agent played by Hamish Linklater. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So, of course, Varga, unbeknownst to him, ends the episode on a note where he, for the first time maybe, is no longer invisible.
1: Mm-hmm. He's very, he's very uh, apparent.
3: Yes. Exposed. 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 <laughs> Exposed.
1: Yes. That's what I was yes. looking for. Uh, we have uh, Hollow the Hogan Johnson on the chat just says, Olivia
3: Sandoval. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that like, go? <laughs> I guess, I guess I Hello.
1: It. So there you go. You got fans. Uh, I do want to talk about a little bit. The music on the show is so great. Yes, which segues me nicely <laughs> to ask me about <laughs> your music. I do. I,
3: yes, I play in a band called Whiskey Sunday. We are Irish Americana. That's what we do. We're awesome. We're a scrappy little LA Irish pub band. We play all over. We I think we've had like 107 gigs in the last year or something crazy like that. And you know, it's great. Patrick Rieger, lead singer. Um, I'm we met in a theater company he's an actor as well and um, I play upright bass and he was looking for an upright bass player and we happened to be working box office and he was like again like we talked a little bit before this about people's minds are kind of blown like oh my gosh you're a lady bass player how'd you (laughs) hold that up you know and I think Patrick I mean I mean I don't mean this in a negative way at all was like you know hmm red lipstick and, and stand up bass how yeah. can I make this work for me <laughs> and then we actually have you know and then the, the, she's like oh and she can play her instrument I'm just kidding I'm, 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 I'm taking the piss I'm taking the piss <laughs> out of Patrick
2: <laughs> I'm actually now that you say Whiskey Sunday did, did you guys play on St. Patrick's Day this year in Los Feliz at that bar at the Tamal Shanta yeah we play there once a month and yes. oh hey girl I saw you you were real good I did no joke I, 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 love, I love the band thank now it just so much. all came rushing back
3: to me that's one you of guys our, are great thank you yeah. thank you that's one of our fav- that's like our home away from home and it's one yeah. of our favorite Shows to play. I missed it this year, unfortunately, you, oh, okay, because yeah. I was shooting Fargo, oh, which is wow. like the only reason okay, I would better. miss yeah, St. Patrick's Day yeah, because it yeah. is so fun. It's like you're the Rolling. I mean, being an Irish band on St. Patrick's it's, Day. Oh my gosh, you're, you're like, the Rolling Stones for a day. Yeah, you know, everyone is like focused right on you. It's it's uh-huh. amazing. You really you get kind of a big head. You're like I'm gonna I'm a star. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you guys have to go and see it because like people will start dancing. They know the it's Irish fun. jigs. It's I mean, super fun, and it's we have legit. a
3: we have a show this Friday uh, tomorrow. In fact, at Ireland's Thirty Two. Oh yeah. Uh, Ireland
2: thirty two yeah in, in the valley yeah in the valley that's um, great um that's our oh, other nice. residency
3: we play there the third usually the third Friday of every month uh so that's a fun gig it's really long it's like nine thirty to 30 a.m. yeah and it's super casual Whoa. and it's this nice little like that bar's cool s- it's a really cool bar it is you know it's super divey and super unpretentious like no one's gonna there's no mixology at that no, bar which sure. sometimes is just the ticket you know yeah. just pour right. me a beer yep. Yep. you know yeah. It's, yeah. it's super fun
1: don't mix things yeah and there's a ta- <laughs>
3: there's a don't mix there's a tattoo parlor right next door and all of the t- tattoo artists come and like, you know, have their after after work beer with us, which is yeah. always turns into <laughs> It's a scene. It's, it's funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say, "So we all get drunk." So we all get tattoos. get tattoos. Tattoos.
3: You should see uh. them, the collection of yeah.
1: <laughs> you reveal yeah. all it's that. Just
2: like poop, butt. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? Uh, no, I'm not going to ask. I was to like, would you ever get like a Winnie tattoo? Would you get like? I a don't Frogger have
3: tattoo? it. I, you know, it's funny. I don't have any tattoos. I've been talking about. I've been talking a big game for like a decade yeah. about uh-huh. my tattoo, and like, I mean, when my husband and I we went to Germany for our honeymoon, we were like, we're gonna get tattoos. Didn't happen. Like, it never. Happens, but that's one thing I talked about in Calgary. I was like, I should get a Fargo tattoo. This yeah. is such an incredible experience, and I and I bonded so much. I mean, we all became such good friends that, like, uh, Goran Bogdan, who plays Yuri, he we became super good friends, yeah. and we joked about getting like, you know, like how the Lord of the Ring cast got the, the <laughs> Elvish <laughs> tattoos, but we, we never came up with a good idea of what it would be. Like, I thought, well, maybe I should get the Helga tattoo. that DJ, oh, yes. but that's like, how, why do you have to? Who's Helga? Right. I have to talk, about it, so. talk about it. can I the, yeah.
1: suggest? Thank God for K.Y. Oh,
3: yeah. Yes. <laughs>
1: no, don't get that. Or just the uh, K.Y.
3: God. brand. Yeah, just, yeah. just the like, K.Y. brand. Just, yeah. <laughs> on, in, on my lower back, In maybe. color. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>
1: Amazing. Very Winnie. Yeah. That's, that's so great.
0: <laughs> um, and I wanted to ask about how you got into acting in the first place, because I know your dad, Miguel Sandoval, is, of course, a very prolific actor, but I wanted to hear from you about... What that relationship is like, as far as how the two of you approach the profession that you now share.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's you know this is the family biz. I mean, it, it didn't. I, I resisted that for a while. I was like, no. I came up with this idea on my own. Yeah, <laughs> Dad, I would like, be a
1: opera base too.
3: It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Like I wanted. I decided I wanted to be an actor, and I was very young. And then I. And then he was like. <sighs> You know, and yeah. so I spent ten years trying to think of something else, and I, it turns out I couldn't really think of anything else other than upright bass, which I just decided <laughs> to do as well. So, um, but no, I, I did for a long time. I was like, I, I came up with this idea on my own, Dad, because I don't know. But of course, I, I, my dad's my hero, and I was completely influenced by him, and he's one of he's my best friend. So um, it's amazing, and, I, and he offers me so much mentorship, and I feel so grateful because you know the last few years have been you know at times a struggle you know in this business it's rough out there but Mm -hmm. I never I never thought that it was going to be anything else than that so I was fully prepared for that not that that made it easier but it certainly softened it a little bit you know and um, I have a lot of friends like I went to CalArts and a lot of my friends that went to CalArts with me that then graduated and went through this business you know calling up their parents and they're like so are you on TV yet and they're like uh no, it doesn't work that way. I never had to do that. Yeah. They always knew both my parents were actors actually. And so they always knew exactly, you know, I could have these amazing conversations and actually get advice and comfort from them when That's things were I mean it's just I'm so yeah. lucky. Amazing. That's awesome.
1: Uh by the way, we have been getting in the chat some suggestions for tattoos. Oh please. Uh, <laughs> we have okay then. Classic. Which is good, but uh, yeah. Slues Friggin suggests in Mandarin Chinese, which I don't think. I think, okay, that is fine. Or we also have Kaiser Wilhelm, who's in Germany watching this, by ah. the way. So, mm-hmm. hi, Kaiser. Hi. Uh, has It's a Tragedy. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. That's Maybe we
2: all know Jesus wins
3: in the end.
1: <laughs> that's pretty true. That's
3: it's a, a, a little bit right? it's super. A, it's it's well it would be a bold choice, that's yeah. for sure. It, it would be, be a bold speak. choice.
1: We yeah. also have uh we also have the uh, geez.
3: Uh, geez. And yes. Anna Bliss,
1: I I like this suggestion, the stamp. No, oh,
3: that would be cool. The stamp from the season. Good could call. Be the well, I feel like that's the tattoo that Ewan should get because he's got yeah. lots of cool. He's really cool. He's so much cooler than I am. He's already got tattoos, so I feel like he gets right. a claim on that one if he wants that one. Does
1: he have a tattoo for every single movie he does? I don't
3: think he wouldn't have any skin left if that were the yeah. case. So
1: probably no. He's got like three prequel tattoos. <laughs> 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 <It'd> be great. <laughs> I'm thinking like on your knuckles. You betcha. You betcha. Oh yeah. Yeah. You could also get. You could also get like. Uh, it's a true story based off a true mm. story but the true is kind of fading
3: fading out that's very wow that's that's, that's cool. sort of that's my guard. idea that's good also an, another good one would be just a, a put her in her
2: oh cool yeah her that's her a her. good one I like that one <laughs> nailed it great nailed
3: great.
1: It. great cool it. let's go get
2: tattoos let's oh,
1: yeah. all get tattoos after this yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> come to Ireland and you know we'll, we'll get tattoos before and then you can come to the show it'll be fun
2: perfect so, Louise I mean, friggin says I feel like a hug from Winnie Lopez could change my
3: life oh, I hugged her and it did so my life has changed <laughs> <laughs> she's the best I'm I I'm fine for my part on Legion. That's my superpower is like yeah. the giver of great hugs or uh-huh. something. You, you <laughs> hug
1: them and then they just <laughs> turn real. And all
3: of it, yeah, all of a sudden they manifest into physical form. Yeah, yeah. that's right.
1: It feels like you should just jump onto Legion now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be just that jump be on there and start
3: giving hugs. I am available. I am available for hire as it mm. turns out. Yeah. I am currently in the market. <laughs> anyone else, I just had we just hey had hey. a
1: conversation with Eddie Jemison for I Zombie, who's a great actor in I zombie and he was saying he's on legion as the greek and he was just cast because he was happened to be seated next to noah holly at like a a coffee place in toronto at the time when he was shooting a zombie and he's like oh why are you here Oh, so if that could happen, but Noah just saying.
3: Noah's so amazing at instinct for actors, though. And I'm not just saying that because he cast me. Yeah. But there is something really special about this cast, particularly this year on Fargo, and the fact that we come from literally all over the world, Croatia and England and California, and we're all in different stages in our careers, and we all clicked like we'd known each other our whole lives. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just the freaky genius of Noah Hawley that he yeah. that. you know?
1: It's crazy. Uh, we do have a question from Kaiser Wilhelm who wondered how hard the Minnesota accent is.
3: You know what? It, it, I'm I'm lucky because I was a, a sort of strange, nerdy child mm-hmm. and I liked to collect dialects. Mm-hmm. So I would just decide, oh, I want English this month, or are all do English. And after I saw the film, I thought, oh, I, that looks like a fun one. And so I, I, I learned it just by mimicking the film, uh, Francis McDormand. And um, then it became my kind of party trick. They would just, say, hey, do Fargo, you know that kind oh, of yeah. thing. Wow. And so when this audition came along, I was like. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I finally, I mean, it's honestly like, it's a complete fantasy come true. I mean, if you yeah. were to ask me, what, what, you know, living or dead, what would be your dream as an actor to do? It's like, oh, I don't know, go back in time and be in Fargo. Yeah. And then I kind of got to do that, mm-hmm. which is so crazy. I'm still processing that that's this crazy. was real. What was the
0: first day you walked onto that set? I mean, what is that like?
3: I would fully expect to be just crippled with anxiety in a situation like this. Like, mm-hmm. that's my M.O., but... It really felt like coming home. I mean, it was just like that. The first scene that I shot was the scene with Michael Stuhlbarg in the office, and it just was like, mm-hmm. "This is what I do. This is, and we're all meant. We're all here for a reason." And it was just so natural, and everyone was so lovely. I mean, Michael Leppendahl said to me when, I, when he was directing that episode, and he could tell maybe there was a flicker of like, "Is oh, I really about to do this?" And he was just like, "You ready to have fun?" And I was like, "Yes, I am." Mm-hmm. And that set the tone for the whole for the whole three months when we were up there. It was just fun. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So yeah. you, you talked to, uh, at the top of the show about this, this optimism, this brilliant, blazing kernel of optimism at the center of Winnie. But I want to know, like was there, was there a moment where, for you, you really felt like, oh, I, I know exactly who this person is. Like, this is my part. I got it. Was there a moment like that for you? And if so, what was that moment?
3: It was the very first moment that I read my audition scene. I, I had such a laser-sharp instinct for who this character was, to the point where uh, I, I have to make a confession. I had not seen the show Fargo when I went in for the audition. Mm-hmm. I had been on My my parents are like the biggest fans ever, and they were like bugging me for, forever to watch the show. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll watch it, I'll watch it. You know, obviously big fan of the film. And then I got the audition and I thought, n- normally what I would do when I have an audition for a show that I haven't seen is I watch as much as I can, because you want to get a sense of the tone. But I thought, you know, it's a different story every season. It's different characters. I don't want to watch it and then feel like I need to change... My or you know you know, try to match something else that i'd seen, and I decided, why don't I try an experiment where I just go in a hundred percent with my own take and see what happens right kind of wish I had done that earlier, to be honest. (laughs) Because it worked. But yeah, no, I fell in love with Winnie at first sight. And I really was excited just to go in for the ten minutes of the audition and just play that scene. It just felt like an honor to just play that scene, even in a a casting office.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a big advice. I think I saw an interview with Philip Seymour Hoffman where he talked about um, advice to actors who go into auditions is just treat that audition as the time you get to play. You
3: have that part for... Five minutes. Yeah. That's that's how I learned to think of it. Because if you go in with that mindset of, like, am I good enough for you?
0: Right. That's
3: all you see in the audition yeah. is someone who's insecure. So you have to just convince, can, you know, and, and it's hard to do that because there's a lot of ups and downs. You have to, like, convince yourself that you're meant to be there, and then you have to let it go immediately. Right. And there's an art to that, that you only learn by Years. doing it over and over and over and over again. And yeah. if you can get through that misery... <laughs> it 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 really is it's really true just be yourself is really true it's a it's a cliche but it works yeah
1: yeah Absolutely. and you could tell, you could tell from just who you are that you're perfect for the part because you're very warm you're talkative and you're you're very it's just it feels like if you're casting for that part who has to be there for Gloria and help her kind of settle into reality. You seem like a good choice for that, so they wow. made the right choice. Oh,
3: Absolutely, bingo,
1: oh, As you can tell from the show itself. So why am I even <laughs> saying it? Okay. So we we are
0: about to bring our show in for a landing, but I mm. wanted to really quickly get a quick round of predictions in because we only have one episode Ooh. left. Ooh.
3: Ooh. Uh, uh. TV.
1: Ooh.
0: Predictions. This is so, yeah. Olivia, what's, what do you think will We're happen in not happen. Happen. the yeah. season finale? Yeah.
1: No. No, you no don't have spoilers. To right <laughs> no, of course And we can't look at you as we make our
3: predictions. It, our predictions. It, uh, it will be cold. Ooh. Ooh. that's not that's not that's, exciting news. oh my god it's just that, what is cold mean it's just oh cause god it's, it's just because it's fargo it's she not said, or, no, we're really shaking we...
1: up the formula well,
0: olivia
3: well. said cold people in the chat are like what is <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well one thing that i i noticed in the next week on i don't know if you guys got Gosh, to see i him, don't watch one. those we well s- at one point we see emmett say to we don't know who oh you're working for varga and uh, I think that's going to be the Widow Goldfarb. Yes, I think he's going to say it to her. Is my big prediction see, for
2: next see? week. So so. She's going to be at the top. Yeah. Also, I still think that the coconut cream pie with the chocolate flakes is going to happen at yes. some point in that episode because yes, it has to. Um, Don't you
3: I hope not, so. No, I'm but, not. I <laughs> just, I'm going to do this. I so just like pie. she does um, I always hope there's pie.
2: Yeah. Right. I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't?
1: man? I mean, we already. We're already into. We already had that Twin Peaks crossover. Might as well get some pie, yeah, some coffee in there too. Pie all pie, coffee. Goldfarb
2: is is gonna be at the top of the top of the chain, and there's gonna be pie.
1: Um, I would be real surprised if Varga survives (laughs) next episode. I feel like he's gonna get killed somehow. How does how does that guy grapple with now being seen? Yeah, the fact that he's being seen, and I feel like maybe he might be. Destroyed in a way that totally sees him and will emphasize yeah. the fact that he's being seen.
2: He might eat himself to death. Oh God! I'm just saying, it's all a Fargo that, thing to do, cream. y'all. He uh, he eats Rocky the pie. Road to he death.
1: He <laughs> eats the coconut
0: pie
2: because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he really the needs it.
1: Coconut
0: pie it's, its its his grandmother's recipe.
2: Ooh, maybe somebody I, flips that on him and poisons him with his own grandma's stuff.
0: Hashtag yeah, I and so, like, all right. Right. I predict we're going to be right here next week at the same time to talk about the season finale. Olivia Sandoval thank you so much for thank being here. Thank you so here. much for
3: having me it was a blast. And uh,
0: one more time, where can people check out your band?
3: Oh yeah, we are on the Facebook Whiskey Sunday uh, band there's another Whiskey Sunday that does something else, ignore them Whiskey Sunday band, we have a website, we play all over the place, Twitter, Instagram, Whiskey Sunday Just look us up. Great, Good. and where
0: can people find you online?
3: Uh, I'm uh, Twitter, Jess Sando here, and Instagram at Livy Sandy. Sandy, I love it. And my Ooh. fellow
0: panelists that are that are here with me every week, where can the good people listening find you guys online? Yes,
2: yes, yes, guys, go find me, YouTube.com backslash Tara Erickson on Twitter, at the Tara Erickson, at Tara Erickson on Instagram. You can find me at
1: MR Dave Child or Dave Child.com because my name is Dave Child.
0: <laughs> Ooh. And I am all over social media at The Lex Michael. Thank you guys for tuning in and joining us to talk about Fargo. We love this show. We love you. You join us for the season finale. Next week there's going to be a lot to talk about. We love you.
1: Bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Afterbuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the Afterbuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of After Buzz TV.
0: Thank God for
1: KY.
0: (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of
2: the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.